All right, guys, so I wanted to do a podcast on how I use social media and particularly Facebook, um, and then also talk about where I think all this is going and what it's doing to us. Um, I've recently had a little bit of an about face on Facebook, and I guess it's been, you know, a couple years in the making, social media in general. A long time ago, I noticed that um, a large amount of what people post is uh, bad news and it's just complaining about things and that for me caused a shift where I try to A, not read that stuff and B, not post that stuff but it made me sensitive to uh, articles I've seen recently that social media use is correlated with depression and in particular the network most correlated with depression is actually Instagram. And the reason that the researchers think is that uh, Instagram is where you only show your accomplishments. It's, it really is the highlight reel of your life, um, you know, even more so than Facebook or other social networks. But I do think, regardless of the network, that these things really can become a psychological drain or even a productivity drain if you get, say, locked into arguments. I think another reason that I spoke with a friend about this and he's he feels like on social media people don't have manners with each other and there are certain people that we will notice that uh, they say, you know, ostensibly they're friends with the person but they'll come out, uh, they'll come out swinging, they'll come out throwing punches, they'll, they'll make really strong or curt statements on other people's walls, we've all have you know, we all have a friend like this. And it reminded me that there are also studies that the human brain can't process emotions fast enough for digital. And what they mean is, um, they mentioned speed, but I, I, the gist of what I understood from that study I read was, when you say something on social media, you're not getting all of the feedback, the human feedback, interpersonal feedback, like body language, facial expression, tone that you would get from another person. And we've all heard that. But what that means is you're, you censor yourself less. So you're more rude, um, would be a better way to say it. And I think we all know someone like that. Maybe it's even been us. So there, there are definitely people that, they're kind of argumentative and curt in person. And, you know, I think there's probably a reason that they say you can't talk about sex, religion, or politics, or, you know, there's expressions like that you can't argue. And other people would say, well, why can't I talk about that with a rational friend? And I think with some friends, you can. I definitely have friends that I've disagreed with on a regular basis. Um, But to do it routinely, you know, if I had to guess, the person who's constantly arguing or disagreeing with people in public, they probably have fewer friends. And if I had to guess, they're probably not that concerned about it. Whereas the rest of us are somewhere in the middle, you know, some things we feel passionately about. And but we also like having friends. Maybe we've been alienated by a person like that. Maybe we've noticed somebody else has become alienated to us. Uh, I definitely notice I'll just speak for myself. There have been, let's say I'm in a conversation in public and somebody says something that I know to be really wrong. Um, maybe they're basing it, it's clearly based on some fringe blog they read and I've read something, you know, at least much more scientifically based that debunks what they're saying. 
I, you still try to be sensitive. You know, if I was a bigger person, I often tell myself I would have just let it go. But sometimes if I do bring it up, you know, you might say interesting. I've also heard that it could be this. So that's what I'll do in public. Now, in person, there was a phase I went through, or I'm sorry, on, on Facebook, there was a phase I went through where I would argue with everyone. And I try not to do that anymore. In fact, and this is where I get to how I use Facebook. In fact, I personally have a rule where I am not allowed, quote unquote, to disagree with other people on their wall. I really would rather not, you know, disagree with people on my wall. And that's partly just because I don't want to spend time in arguments. Um, but I'm not allowed to, to, to go onto somebody's wall and, and, and disagree with them. And the first reason I think that is... I don't want to build up resentment with that person or alienate that person um, because we're all human and we can all be embarrassed, let's say, if we say something that's that's wrong. Um, like, let's say we post an article that's false. I've stopped being the person to say that's, that's a, you know, that's a post to Snopes.com debunking. Um, but also... Uh, I think we all know that when you argue with someone, you're unlikely to change their mind. And there's something in psychology they call confirmation bias. But there's probably a variety of reasons. But we all want to be right. And um, we all feel better when we feel right. We feel superior. It actually has to do with the releasing of serotonin. Which, by the way, is the same reason we argue and correct people. Because it releases serotonin. So... And, you know, when I found out that it does that, it makes you feel superior. When And serotonin is a chemical associated with status. So knowing that also made me realize, am I doing this because I really care? Or am I doing this because I want to feel superior and get some serotonin? So that's helped me also let go. The third reason I turned on to argue with people, let's say somebody is saying something false that I really disagree with. I think that sometimes you are doing, particularly if it's like a, a nuanced argument, you're going to help the other person more just by commenting and elevating the status of their post in the feed. Because not everyone sees all posts. Uh, some people still don't know this, but only Facebook, only people think that Facebook thinks want to see your post does it show them to. So only like probably 6% of your friends see your, any one of your posts. Um, so when somebody else comments, though, that increases the popularity and now more people see it. And I, I don't just apply this uh, to friends. I try to apply it to news stories. Um, and so, that, so I feel like I'm doing more damage by spreading a false story than I am by correcting my friend. And I wish that we could all see this, that we're kind of behaving without manners. You know, I have a friend who in person, I know that when he wants to debate or argue or, you know, politely, he's much more polite in person. I mean, he adds in, okay, I've actually heard this and let me know what you think of this. You know, he'll, he'll soften the blow, but on Facebook, he'll post these little terse responses and it's like, uh, what are you doing? And to be honest with you, um, I have, I, first of all, Another thing I'll do on Facebook and that I recommend you may want to do is if there's someone who is always posting negative things and bitching, for lack of a better word, um, you may just want to unfollow them because, you know, you may, you may not. So I've been on a crusade against negativity. Um, I'm not saying you can never be negative because we're all human. I've just been saying, I, uh, you know, excess negativity. And so I have some friends that tell me, well, somebody else's negativity doesn't affect me. I actually don't know that they're right. Like, I, I don't know if they have enough 
self-knowledge because there's lots of things we do that affect our mood that only in hindsight do we go, yeah, I think I kind of blew up because my, you know, my girlfriend was mad at me today or I think I kind of blew up because my boss was mad at me, whatever. Um, and so I don't know that these people are underestimating the impact that reading social media posts that are negative has on them. Um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes it's just, you, you know, the phrase ignorance is bliss. Well, if a friend is constantly drawing my attention to something, maybe I already know. Maybe I already know the country's in debt, but maybe I'm having a happy day. A friend reminds me of it. And maybe I'm weird, guys, by the way, but I can only speak for myself with certainty. But sometimes I'm having a great day. A friend reminds me the country's in so much debt. And now for about three minutes or however long, I'm in a bad mood again. So I just choose not to be in that state. And I encourage you, you know, nobody wants to defriend somebody they really like um, that maybe they just don't get along with digitally or maybe there's another reason they're a coworker, etc. So unfollow them. Be liberal with that unfollow command. They'll still see your posts. And if they're cheerful on your posts, that's not a big deal. Um, but So they won't know. Um, so how should you use social media? So when I realized that I was getting a lot of negative vibes from Facebook and I, I realized that people's posts could change my mood, at least temporarily, um, I decided that I was going to use it to try to be positive and try to make others positive, positive but not just by sharing inspirational sayings. Um, what does it for me is, uh, you know, and that's all I can authentically share, is just trying to share innovations and scientific discoveries and new businesses, startups. So I have all these groups for that. I have a group on science and technology. It's just called science and technology. I have a group on hot startups, hot startups it's called, and uh, a group design is everywhere for things that are just kind of aesthetically pleasing, be it cooking, music, um, sports, even uh, architecture. But the idea there is you know, I might sh- I might share a negative post every now and then. Uh, I criticize things. We're all human, but I try to keep it. You know, I don't I don't let it be the bulk of my posts. And I don't think if somebody went to my wall, it would be the bulk of my posts. I would say I would guess it's maybe one in five. And if you look at my total posts, which you can't see because I post to my group so much, it's about at like one in ten. And um, you know, there is some research that says. We forget digital interactions very quickly. Um, we, they don't, or rather it says they don't translate into the real world. So you could argue, uh, you know, Anthony, you can argue with people all you want and they will, if not forget, it's not going to necessarily change how they deal with you. You know, they're still going to shake your hand when they see you in public. Um, my thing is, well, first I think on a positive note, I'd still rather just make people feel pumped, just make them feel good when they read the articles I post. But two, uh, you know, even if they don't remember it, I want, it's selfish then. So two is selfish where I just want to have good interactions on my wall. So another thing I'm not allowed to do on Facebook is, well, I'm not allowed to criticize things, but specifically, um, you know, I can vent every now and then like a human, but I try not to argue with people on their own wall. And uh, like I've said, um, another thing that you guys might want to adopt that I do, even if it's not sharing tons of time, tons of science articles, uh, I recommend that you don't follow mainstream news outfits and you know, I'm going to offend some people or at least they're going to disagree with me right now. Uh, 
I can't even think of one time that a friend saw a news story and influenced it, a national news story and influenced it. In other words, um, you know, and I guess some people would say, well, just speaking out is influencing an issue. And I guess that's true. I guess I just feel a need, or it could, um, I feel a need to just kind of protect my own headspace so that I can stay in a positive frame of mind. I think that people being positive makes them, there's actually research that makes you more creative and more resourceful. So you could argue, I could counter argue that in aggregate, everybody being positive is going to be better for the country. Uh, And then the other thing is, there's some famous expression out there that instead of being against something, be for something. So it may be true, and I don't have a quantitative analysis or anything, but it may be true that just posting about things. So for instance, I know there's lots of problems with our economy and pollution and the environment. So my response is I'm going to post articles about innovative new companies that address those issues. And I do this all the time. So maybe your move is something else, but I understand if it's a deeply held belief for you that you really need to speak out on Trump or global warming, you know, I don't expect to convince you here and I can't really, um, dismiss that that may be having some impact um then again you know what being controversial again there's research that people are very hard to convince there's even research that statistics are the least compelling form of evidence to people not because they don't believe them but because even when they believe them their emotional response is too strong their emotional response so for instance if you tell me um gay marriage is an essential right and I post a statistic this is just a hypothetical I support gay marriage but I post a statistic you know only 0.1% of gay people ever want to be married and I understand that this isn't switch that argument to something completely analogous based in statistics uh you know and i made that stat up about gay marriage so uh and i support it so i was just trying to emulate a facebook argument um a better argument this just happened to me i posted um a comment again i i accidentally broke my rule and i criticized organic farming while talking about amazon's buying of whole foods and i said you know whole foods will likely continue to be more expensive because according to science organic is 25 percent more expensive on average uh in land it takes 25 percent more land and people blew up at me and nobody actually presented any evidence it was just uh, there were a lot of no that's not true in my in my farm or in my backyard i get 10 to make you know they were literally that specific again misunderstanding maybe the rules of logic that dictate that an anecdote isn't as powerful as what i've read and i posted it which is um there's a meta study which um is a study of studies that covers 65 studies and 30 some different crops that showed that on on average organic takes uh, 25% more land and that doesn't mean that that is the perfectly correct answer Um, you know um, mistakes are made even in university science this by the way this was university science in the most prestigious scientific journal out there which is called nature Um, but it, it's just it's more compelling a statistic and a source than what people were giving. I promise you not a single person was convinced that was arguing against me. I might have you know what just occurred to me perhaps I helped convince somebody who was kind of on the fence. 
I'm still even a little skeptical. I think probably I just gave ammo to people who were already leaning against organic. So, but again, I could be wrong. This is me just guessing. If you feel strongly, you're welcome to post about criticizing things in our economy, our government, our society. I will tell you that you do run the risk of alienating people, even people on your side. Because I'll see people that I disagree with and I will, from time to time, unfollow them. So uh, just keep that in mind because they, because they raise issues that are painful or um, maybe I'm already aware of it and I don't know what the solution is and I don't want to be reminded because that's another thing when people complain. They usually don't have a solution. So I guess I'll get away from that for a moment. For a moment. One more note about like why do we argue so much? Why are people falling for fake news on Facebook? Um, we all know it's confirmation bias. Uh, I've said that, you know, you get serotonin from proving someone wrong. Uh, another thing, though, I want to mention that I've read is uh, confirmation bias. Like, there's special forms of it. One of the forms is you're less likely to remember something bad that someone did, like a politician, if they're on your team. You're going to be more forgiving of it. And there's this whole concept um, I guess sociology talks about it and the concept of the other and humans are, um, they're more comfortable with things that are familiar and they're, you know, uncomfortable with people and things that are unfamiliar. Uh, that probably has to do, you know, maybe there's survival reasons for that, uh, evolution, evolutionarily and from history. But, um, I think that it's fair to say that people, um, I guess I just think that there is a whole team mentality to where even when a liberal person makes a point or a conservative person makes a point, we're predisposed not to grant it um, if we don't see them as being on the same side as us. And so I actually, well, a friend asked me one time, um, it, it was, I think it was around the time of Black Lives Matter, and I don't mean to trivialize um, inequality when I say this, but they put up, I think maybe they asked me or maybe they put on Facebook, you know, how do we get more equality? How do we prevent deaths from happening? How do we, you know, lessen racism? And I said, I thought for a minute and the first thing that popped in my head is, it's going to sound silly, but I said, put black teammates on the Avengers. And I guess they've since done that. But the reason I say that is, well, later I read an article and I think it was about all this um, team stuff and uh, our team versus their team. And the, the article, the lesson of the article was, if you can make people feel like you're on the same team as them around a common goal, then they're going to be less suspicious of you. They're going to be more tolerant of you, more accepting, more open to your ideas. So, and, you know, I don't know how to incorporate this into everyday life, uh, but I do think it helps explain why we can be so hostile on Facebook. And, you know, if you think about it, here's another reason why I think anyone could be excused for having Facebook get on their nerves or, as the articles are saying, cause depression from social media. It's that um, we all have friends or a lot of us probably do have friends that we disagree with. And in real life, uh, you know, we get the luxury of when we're at dinner with the uncle who's racist or whatever it may be, um, 
we just don't talk about those topics. Or, you know what I mean? If we are have a friend that talks politics too much, then we just limit our time with them. Maybe we don't eliminate them from our lives completely. But on social media, it's like we're always available. There's no alone time. Maybe you just check, signed online to check out what your messages were or see events. And now you're getting plastered with somebody's political views. So, and that's another thing I do is I try not to share... Um, my political views, not because they're not important to me, uh, but because, well, and not just because it pisses people off. Um, I tend to be very skeptical that there are practical solutions to problems through political means because I know how hard it can be to get laws passed, to get people to come together on the same side. Um, even when they share the same goal, there can be pragmatic reasons like a politician who he might agree with a law because he doesn't want to lose funding from a certain group or votes in support of a certain group. He won't vote for it. So, and I was actually a political science major. Um, and I switched to the business program or I, I finished poli sci, but I got a business minor. I was three classes away from the major, um, in business. And the reason is I got very disillusioned because I saw, Honestly, uh, you know, it was Republican politicians doing things. Actually, at that time was I realized that uh, Republicans were also for big government in many ways, you know. Um, And I think one thing I noticed was that, you know, a great example is Republicans uh, claim to be for small government, but they, some Republicans I've heard of are the first to vote for agricultural subsidies uh, that control prices, etc. And, um, you know, because it benefits a certain farming group that donates to them. So I started to become aware of all that. And it kind of just soured me on politics in general. And I won't say I'll never be political again, you know, um, but... Uh, it made me skeptical that the changes I would like to see in the world can come from politicians. And so that is part of why I also post things about really cool new companies, like companies that are building fusion generators. You know, you want to help the economy. So the, the first team or company that builds a working fusion generator is going to do more for every person on this planet than any politician has, has ever done, you know, practically that I can think of. Here's something going back to brass tacks, uh, things you can do to make Facebook or any social media work better for you. Unfollow news sites or rather unfollow political news sites, which basically includes mainstream like ABC, NBC, CBS, and even your local newspaper. And here's why, even if you, well, first of all, uh, even though I'd rather not be, it's amazing how you still pick up articles and, and news from friends. You know, there's a guy, Tim Ferriss, he says he hasn't read a newspaper in 10 years or four years because he just asks friends to tell him what's up. And I find they'll tell you what's up about politics, even if you don't ask. Um, But the other thing is those websites like NBC, ABC and your local newspaper, they also just post like gruesome bad news, like girl killed, man stabbed. And it's to the point where when I'm in a gas station or grocery store, I used to kind of glance at the front page and maybe see some headlines. I can't do it anymore, particularly my local newspaper. It's just this this politician embezzling, this woman killed. Um, And, you know, it's easy to there's somebody who's getting angry or listening to this possibly. But, you know, 
humans have a negativity bias. When you hear those headlines, it's easy to think that, oh, everything's bad. You know, the newspaper has three bad headlines. That must mean everything's bad. But it's actually that, again, probably for survival reasons, humans are more prone to notice negative news than the good news. So imagine the newspaper read, uh, old lady's dog saved or old woman saved. You know, uh, my my guess is that that doesn't sell as well, and that's why newspapers and news outlets favor negative news. And uh, potentially, likely, it has to do with that negativity bias. And they can even show that, um, well, a perfect example in economics is in experiments, even where people are given real money, people will lose, they'll do more to prevent losing $10 than they will to gain making 100 Um and I guess that makes sense, you know, um, the ability to create massive wealth is kind of a new thing. It's much, hasn't been around anywhere near as long as humans have been alive. But uh, I don't want to get too far into the weeds there. How about alternative social networks that you can use? Uh, well, there aren't any. And I'm being controversial again. Um, I'll start with Twitter. Uh, I think it mostly sucks. And again, somebody's getting really angry listening to this. And let me just say why. Uh, and I'll specify. Outside of a few specific use cases, I don't think Twitter has a lot to offer. And uh, here's why. It's going to sound trite, but I think Twitter, even more than Facebook, is the network of complaining. If I, I, if I had to guess what the most popular tweet is on, on Twitter, it sounds like this. This is horrible. And posts news story about Donald Trump or this is horrible and posts um, news story about people getting conned in Ohio or whatever it is and uh, you know I also feel like people on Twitter are vicious because they they're even more vicious than Facebook because they really don't know each other and people think I just mean the trolls no there was a point in which I tried to interact with academics and journalists and and business people financial people on Twitter I've seen borderline vitriolic responses from journalists to me and to each other. And the reason is, if you think about it, so this is their, these these conversations are public and this is their livelihood. So like if you're a journalist, a, a financial analyst, you can't afford to look wrong on Twitter. Your human impulse and maybe your strategic impulse is to destroy your enemies. Here's another example, um, economics blogs uh, and economists on Twitter. I used to try to get economics news straight from economists and I quickly stopped because I realized they're constantly uh, attacking each other and like you you wouldn't believe it but the, blo- the comment sections of uh, economist blogs are some of the most vitriolic comments you see on the web. It's always like this person's an idiot. They clearly don't understand some really complex concept that actually probably has academic validity, but so did the other guy. And uh, every I find that all the experts on Twitter, they think they have all the answers and they're not willing to even entertain for a second that they, they may not. It, the only nice person I've ever tweeted at on Twitter was a marketing professor named Professor Scott Galloway who also has... Um, a, I guess he has a consultancy business and it might even be run by marketing students, uh, graduate students at NYU Stern. But, um, I pointed out like an inaccuracy in one of his articles. I can't even remember when. And he said, you're right. Thank you very much. And that is, you know, the first polite comment or response I've ever seen on Twitter. 
And the other thing is the format of it. If you are going to disagree with somebody, it, it makes it so that your comments have to be very terse. So I really don't enjoy using it. And, and, and you have to spend so much time curating it. It becomes like a second job. That's the other thing. Uh, Twitter, because it's so disjointed, you have to read 10 tweets to understand what anybody's saying. To get into a conversation, you have to read reverse chronological order. The threading is very weird because even in threaded sections, I think comments are listed, or at least they were until recently listed backwards. It's just a lot of effort for very little reward. Um, And a lot of times I'll already know what the headlines are from Facebook. Maybe you get them a day later on Facebook. Maybe it's a week later. But, but, and this is a criticism of getting news off of these places. Uh, Since when has your life depended on news? Very rarely does the news immediately and specifically impact you. Um, particularly all this bad news that's out there. But um, one more more kind of social network I want to get in is Reddit. Um, So I use Facebook for news, um, and I'll give you a tip on how to do that. I People ask me, what websites do you go to? I'll get that question a lot. I don't go to any websites, and I purposely don't go to any websites because I realize if I follow their pages on Facebook, not only is it more time efficient because I do my work on there as a social media manager, all my friends are on there, so I'm doing my socializing, and then um, I can get my news at the same time. But even then, the pages um, that these social uh, networks run or sorry, the the Facebook pages of a news outlet that I may happen to like, like a blog, they only post their best content. And then of that, Facebook's algorithm only shows me the best of that content and the content that they think is going to reflect my interest. And I'll tell you, for me, Facebook has the most accurate news algorithm. I have recently switched to, to Flipboard, and I had to do that because last year in 2016, um, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook very publicly declared that they were going to start de-emphasizing news articles on Facebook and they were going to start re-emphasizing your friend's statuses. And I'll be honest, I enjoy reading news more than I enjoy reading um, a lot of statuses. I like, you know, I like a little bit peppered in, but I put emphasis on the news. And so since then, I've had to go to Flipboard. And Flipboard, I hated for years because it wasn't algorithmic. But they bought an app called Zeit, and Zeit was algorithmic news. Another great one I used to use back in the day was Prismatic. But anyway, it took Flipboard, I feel like it took them three or four years, but they finally incorporated algorithmic news from Zeit into Uh, Flipboard, so it's no longer um, like a hand curated magazines only. Flipboard now it learns your tastes based on what you read, what you um, like, and what you share, just like Facebook does. And I'm finding it becomes very accurate. And I'm finding that when I want to read news, it's starting to replace Facebook for me. Obviously, I still sign on Facebook because I do so much communicating there, but. Flipboard's getting better. Now, Flipboard still gives me more false positives. In other words, it shows me more stories I don't want to read than Facebook does. Odds are, if Facebook shows me a story, I feel like I want to read one out of two or one out of three stories that Facebook shows me. With any other service, with Flipboard, it might be one in five. And with Reddit, I I don't think I have ever once found an article 
that I wanted to read on Reddit. And people have told me, I go back to it every year or so, and people go dig into the subreddits. So I dig into the subreddits and I even click forward a few couple pages. I never ever find anything. I feel like and if, uh, that all the headlines that I see on Reddit, I've already seen on Facebook. And there's so much chaff. You know, Reddit for me is mostly funny pictures. And people say, well, edit it with the subreddits. But you know, if I go into the business subreddit, it's a bunch of stuff. I, again, it's just me. I find I don't care about what the headlines are. And if I do, I've already seen it from Facebook, believe it or not. And, um, it's just a waste of time. One friend told me, oh yeah, you got to bypass the first 50, you got to go past the first 50 to hundred stories to find new content on Reddit or the newest content. Yeah. That sounds like another job. Again, I, I don't want to do that. And I'm also, I do most of my news reading and social media work on the go. Another friend I mentioned to him, I never find a news story that I want to read on Reddit. And he says, um, a lot of times the headline is the story. Well, again, even the headlines, I feel like I have to read maybe 20, 30 Reddit headlines to find one I find even borderline interesting. But you know, that's partially me. I've cultivated my Facebook over the years. So I'll give you an example. Um, In 2010, it might've even been 2009, 2008 or 2009, somewhere around there. I got a message from Facebook that I had reached the cap on the amount of pages that you could like, which back then was 5,000, which I've since surpassed. So obviously I'm way past that now. They must have raised the cap. And the reason I follow so many pages is I follow any good news site, any site that could help me with my job, with funny content, good content. I have a lot of different interests. So if somebody posts something and the page looks like a page I'd like, I follow it. And then I look for other pages in that topic I might like. Like MMA, I was looking at an MMA page uh, last night for that Mayweather-McGregor fight, and I followed three more because they had a lot of followers. They looked interesting. There you go. So it's partly that I've done so much work um, to get my Facebook to show me the news that I like. Um, I'll tell you a tip to make Facebook work the best for you, um, or at least the way it works well for me. Um, there's a command called See First on Facebook. And what it does is, if you tell a page, tell Facebook that you want this page in your see first, it'll show you all the content from that page every day. A lot of people don't know, somehow they, some people really still don't know because they tell me this, that uh, Facebook doesn't show everyone your posts. So if you run a Facebook page, only about 5% of your fans, it's actually probably like 2% now, see the, your posts. Um, and the reason is they edit the feed. And they're doing that for their own interests. So for instance, that's why it's so good for me for news. It's only showing me the very best content, which people have limited time. So Facebook wants them to have the best experience possible, see the best content when they sign in. But in so doing, you know, you may miss out on really great posts. So um, if you put a page in your see first, you get to see all of it. And the way you do that is on mobile, if you go to a page that you like, and you click on the, there's a button, there'll be a button at the top that says following. Um, If you already like the page, it'll say following. Well, click that following button after you click like, and a drop-down menu will appear, and it'll have three uh, modes, and it'll be like unfollow, um, default, which shows you, you know, only their best posts, a few posts, and then all the way to the right is the option see first. And what'll happen is, Um, every few times you sign into Facebook, it'll say this page posted these three stories today. So 
I have a few blogs like Futurism. That's where I get all of my science articles practically. And um, I like, you know, I don't like all their posts, but I like them enough. I, I want to see most of their posts. So uh, go ahead and do that. And um, I recommend people do this about a topic that they want to learn about. So anytime I hear like an undergrad person, like I want to get good at something. Anytime you want to get good at something, follow the major Facebook pages on it and put them in your C first and you will get good at it just as you're having fun. Like as you're um, talking to your friends or posting on Facebook, you'll start seeing those stories and you'll become the most up-to-date in that topic. And I tell people this, and I know they don't do it because if they were really gonna do it, they'd open up their phone and do it. But just trust me, if you wanna be an authority on something, put like, say it's finance, put Bloomberg in your C first and see what happens. So one more thing before I go, other social networks like Instagram and Snapchat. Um, so again, uh, Instagram is the most correlated with depression. That's because people are only showing you highlight reels. Um, I don't really like uh, using Instagram because there's only so many times I can see people's beach photo. And it doesn't mean I hate that they're at the beach. I just, I don't find it interesting. It's just not interesting. I like ideas. I like news, uh, in science, technology news. And I can't. Uh, I can't really get that on Instagram. I'm sure there's somebody making videos on there. Um, I tend not to like science videos. I, I try not to listen to science. Um, I, I like to be able to read it because then I can more easily vet the sources, see what university, maybe see any really obvious flaws in their methodologies. Um, but anyway, Instagram, you know, continue using it. I'll give you a tip for Instagram. People like blue filters on Instagram. And you can Google this. Google Instagram blue filter and you'll find that there's research data on it. But on red, or I'm sorry, on Facebook, people like reddish photos. So use reddish photos. Don't filter Facebook photos. If you do, don't filter them blue. Um, and people also like photos with faces in them, particularly smiling faces. So if you're going to put photos up, and this helps for advertising as well as your own posts, if you want more people to see them, put smiling faces in them. Um, but anyway, uh, so Instagram's fine. Um, Snapchat, I'll tell you the one time I used Snapchat. Um, I, the one time I had fun using Snapchat was when I was in that kind of courtship phase with a girl where you're, you know, you're not dating, but you're both kind of interested and we would have fun just kind of showing each other where we were for the day. You know, and there's a little mystery like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, that's interesting. And so that was the one time I had fun with it. But I'm thinking about guy friends. You know, I, I'm not going to show my guy. My guy friends don't care, you know, to see a picture of what movie I'm watching, what game I'm watching. I, I can't. And I don't want to see what they're doing. Uh, you know, if, if they do something really interesting or, you know, if they post a photo with, on Facebook with their wife smiling, I'm happy for them. I'm just saying, you know, I, I would quickly tire of them sending photos of, let's say, them and their wife or them and their girlfriend to me. Or even posting, I see, I'll see some young guys out sometimes watching Snapchat stories. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, of their friend at a concert, just talking. I'm just thinking to myself, like, I, I, I have no value in that whatsoever. And I don't think I would have had value, seen value in it, um, unless the fan's extraordinary. I mean, unless they're practically a stand-up comedian. But, uh, you know, if they're following, I could see maybe following personalities on Snapchat. I don't really know who I would follow. Um, again, I don't like to watch a lot of videos on my phone. So um, I think Snapchat has primarily been for messaging for me. And I find that you can communicate more 
in other services. So that's another thing that I think. So we all know that um, Facebook usage is um, declining among teens. And I think that that, I don't know that that's a bad thing. You know, Snapchat and Instagram didn't exist 10 years ago or five years ago. I don't know if Facebook existed 10 years ago. Instagram didn't. Um, But, uh, you know, they didn't exist. So maybe even still teens are are catching on to it. Um, But just because they're using Instagram and Snapchat more now doesn't mean they'll never use Facebook, you know. I, I think what probably happens is, even if you're a person who really likes Snapchat and Instagram, if you have something long to say, you say it on Facebook. So the second you have something interesting to say, and the other thing is, you know, taking photos. So Instagram and Snapchat are for the most more glamorous times in our lives, more fun times in our lives. I have a suspicion that when people grow up and they get jobs, they get in an office, there's just less to Snapchat and Instagram about. And that's when Facebook comes in handy. But you know, I'm not, I'm not blind or I'm not denying that Facebook and, I'm sorry, Snapchat and Instagram could uh, take a lot of space from or even um, possibly replace, I don't think they'll replace, but take a lot of share from, from Facebook. I will tell you, Snapchat has stopped growing and I think I saw that their last quarter, they might have actually declined in users. So the future will definitely not be Snapchat. If anything, it's going to be Instagram. Um, and Instagram just does more. You know, you get a feed. So it's you're not just communicating with one friend. Those messages have more, you know, it's funny because Snapchat started out with destructible messages. And now to become more like Instagram, they have things like public stories and influencers. Um, Instagram, meanwhile, has copied Snapchat. But um, I imagine most Instagram uses still, you know, posting photos for everyone to see. And Instagram is much larger than Snapchat. One last point I want to make is where do I see all this stuff going? And a lot of people think, you know, a friend said, I don't know if Facebook will be around in 10 years. But, you know, I think it might. I don't know that it will, but I think it has a chance. And here's why. I think, and just bear with me, I'm going to try to, I'm going to defend it. I think the number one killer app for futuristic AR smart glasses, like glasses that you wear that they show you information, um, is Facebook. And um, so let me just, you know, defend that position. Uh, First of all, when I'm saying glasses, uh, they might even be contacts, but these are not going to look like Google Glass. They're not going to be, eventually these glasses will be indistinguishable from uh, what uh, normal glasses look like, fashionable glasses, and we all know glasses are fashionable. Yes, maybe that will never, maybe that won't always be the case, but um, obviously there are people who need glasses, corrective lenses, and if these glasses have enough utility, you will want to wear them. I don't like to wear uh, glasses, but I might be willing to put glasses on when I'm at work or when I'm sitting in a self-driving car or on a bus, self-driving bus, um, or just relaxing, you know, eating lunch or something um, to read my messages. So, um, and uh, what they would also allow is well, I don't want to steal too much thunder from my future AR and VR podcast I'm going to do. But here's why Facebook, I think, is really useful. Um, I don't think, you know, people think about things like maps being overlaid. You know, most of a human's daily life is not traveling to new and exotic places. You know where to go in your city most of the time. I think the most valuable thing I can think of to put in AR glasses is to have people's names, profession, and age floating over their heads. 
and maybe other identifiers that maybe they want to set public or you want to ask Facebook to tell you. And who has most of that information? It's Facebook. So I think, you know, most of what we do as humans uh, that I can envision, you know, is interacting with other humans. And so Facebook right now knows more about you than any other service because Google, you only go to when you have a problem or you go to when you need to find something. Facebook, you live on. Facebook, people use it an hour a day, and that is still going up. So Facebook um, shows no signs of going away anytime soon. I think growth might be slowing little by little, but they're at 2 billion users. Their active users are at some crazy number. They might be at like, it's between 700 million and a billion people sign on to Facebook for per day. So, um, more and more advertising or rather, um, yeah, advertising being done on there. And, you know, people complain about that, but I feel like advertising on Facebook is non-intrusive. You know, rarely do I get angry at an ad. And if I do, I can just hide it. And a lot of times I actually appreciate the ads. You know, a lot of times the ads are from services I support anyway. Um, so, or new products I want to know about startups. And one of the things you can do is, uh, curate those ads by, if you don't like an ad, go ahead and hide it. So I hide all self-help gurus. I hide all marketing gurus. I hide all entrepreneurial gurus because I think that the way those people got rich is by promising other people that they can help them get rich. Um, so, but that's just something I do to make Facebook more enjoyable for me. Um, so Long story long, um, there's nothing wrong with social media use unless it's making you feel bad. So, you know, have some self-awareness and ask yourself um, if you're allowing social media to put you in a bad mood and maybe use it less. You know, one thing you can do is uninstall Facebook from your phone temporarily and that'll put you on a diet. Uh, If there's a network, maybe one network makes you unhappy and one doesn't. Maybe just have Messenger. Facebook Messenger, I know, is like, if I don't want to get someone's number, because it almost feels like invasive to ask somebody for their number, um, if you've just met them or um, if you don't want to talk to them all the time, you, we all Facebook message each other, so acquaintances. So I've heard people just put Messenger on their phone. Um, so go ahead and protect yourself. Uh, the reason that I use Facebook um, is and and follow some of these tips unfollow negative people unfollow pages that continually post negative news oh another thing if people post videos yeah that's a big one if people post videos that are violent or show people hurting each other i have i've seen photo yeah i've reported videos with animal abuse in them um and i think you should too if you have to even um unfriend people and or block them if you need to, to protect your headspace. And also, you know, another benefit I forgot to mention of not arguing with people on Facebook, you avoid wasting a ton of time. I have found that I regain so much time, so much frustration just by not arguing because even if you win, which never happens, but you avoid the long string of people usually misunderstanding you. Usually somebody thinks they know what you mean and they don't or they think they know about organic food land usage, but all they have is an anecdote and you know the real answer, it doesn't matter. Um, You can either have your time or you can be right. You're not gonna convince them and you can't have both. Um, But uh, here's why I use Facebook. Um, You know, somebody, there was some question I saw 
would you like to have a time machine? It might have been a movie I saw. And my answer is no. And the reason is Facebook wouldn't have been around. Now let's dodge the question of, you know, if you go back in time, could you be, could you replace Mark Zuckerberg? Um, so uh, assuming I don't know how to do that and wouldn't do do that, I wouldn't want to go back in time because Facebook's that important to me. Um, I feel like my job is to find important stuff um, share it with people. You know, I was almost a journalism major in college, so I view what I do as a form of journalism, except I feel that I can do more good sharing other people's stories than writing my own. Um, and I feel like I can identify the wheat from the chaff. A friend told me he, I act as a filter for him. I'm really flattered when people have told me, dude, your wall is my tech news. And so that's what I try to do for people, for things I support, for things that make me happy and that I think could make them happy. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I change. I try to change my behaviors on Facebook just as in life all the time. So one thing I'm trying not to sh- I'm trying not to read or share psychology studies anymore. And the reason is I, f- I worry that they instill limiting beliefs. So the example is, um, you know, even that one about teams. I don't know, but there's some interpretation of that. Like if I can't get people to, um, see me as being on their team, they won't like me or, um, you know, are people going to think I am depressed because I use Instagram. Somebody is, is the flip side of some of those psychology studies. So I try to be selective. Um, and I guess, it's hard. I made a mistake. You could, you could argue that I didn't live by those policies in this podcast, but, um, you know, I'm open to always revising those. I don't know that the stuff I shared here would be harmful to somebody, but I try to think about that. I don't want to ruin somebody's day with my posts and we're all human. We all do it from time to time. You know, I shared one today about how I don't like the office or at least I only like very small parts of the office. I didn't think it was that funny, but you know what? I don't like a lot of funny shows. Um, I tend to like drama. So there you go. But I feel like you, you, you are allowed as a human being to dislike things and you can share that. There's actually a study that, again, I'm sharing psychology, but I think this one's positive, that people don't view you as human if you don't share some frustration. So, um, you know, um, and so anyway, that's my kind of ethos on social media. I'm trying to use it to make the world a better place to be cliche. And I'm doing that the way that I believe I can do that. And, um, you know, if you want to use your stuff differently, that's fine. Um, but I hope one of the tips I've given you has helped you maybe have a little bit of a better time. And maybe that tip is to just spend less time on social media. And, um, you know, um, if the time you spend on it, cause I think it's a useful tool, maybe that'll mean the time you spend on it is more quality time by curating, by editing, by paring down what you follow. Um, anyway, guys, thanks for all your time. Um, I try to mix up the topics. Uh, so I appreciate you bearing with me and I, uh, please give me feedback. Go ahead and send me a Facebook message. If you thought of something was cool or if you just like something, I'd appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. Bye.